Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to the Rock Chalk Talk podcast. I'm your host Andy Mitz, and I am joined today uh, by David Potter. How are you, how are you doing tonight, David? I'm all right. How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. So for those of you guys that are uh, expecting a football episode, we will have one of those coming the beginning of July for you. But right now, with the with the NBA draft happening um, just just on Thursday, we wanted to go ahead and kind of react to what happened there. Um, talk about these guys and, and where they could potentially go in the NBA. Just some kind of quick recap there and, and, and talking about these, these guys that we spent so long with during the KU basketball season. So um, Mike Mike has decided not to join us. Unfortunately, he, uh, he doesn't feel like he's familiar enough with the NBA game, and I, a feeling that I kind of share a little bit um, myself. But, David, I know you follow it quite a bit. Um, Fetch does too, but but we have you on here for tonight. We'll go ahead and kind of kind of talk about those. So first of all, what were your overall impressions of the draft? Were you expecting any of these guys to go earlier than they did, or, or were you surprised that that Newman and Preston didn't actually get drafted? I mean, they kind of fell where most of the mocks had them. I think uh, it was generally thought that Newman and Preston would be toward the end of the second round if they went. And then most of what I saw had Graham and Spee going uh, early to mid-second round, which is right where they fell. So uh, I wasn't really surprised. Obviously, I was disappointed. I wanted all four of them uh, to, to get drafted. And, um, but, uh, you know, that's there are some downsides to, to Preston and, and Newman, so it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't shocking at all. So I, I, it kind of went the way I was expecting, honestly. Yeah, and to be honest, you know, once we got to the end of the draft where there's, you know, three or four picks left, it honestly was probably better for Newman and Preston that they didn't get drafted because they, they weren't going to make any more money on their contract by getting drafted with the last two or three spots of the draft, and they actually now right. get to pick where they want to go. So um, we'll actually get to Newman in a minute because he has signed a contract with the team. But um, we'll we'll start with the first pick for the Jayhawks of the night, Devontae Graham. Um he went, interestingly enough, at number 34, the same spot that Frank Mason went last year. Um, and actually, also surprisingly, the same spot that Mario Chalmers went when he was drafted. So um, there seems to be a lot of KU, Jayhawk, basically backup point guards going 
um, at that at that time frame. So, um, just kind of talking about that, are, are you are you surprised with where he ended up? Are you surprised with actually who picked him? Um, what are your just general thoughts on on Devontae getting selected with thirty four? I think it made a lot of sense for Charlotte to uh, to that they actually traded for him. The Hawks technically drafted him, but uh, you know Charlotte they've they've got Kemba Walker, but that's kind of a tenuous situation. He's been the subject of a lot of trade rumors over the last year or two, and he's only got one year left on his contract. So even if he does hang around, makes it through this off season, he's probably only going to be there for one more season. And not that. I think they're looking at Graham as the next starting point guard, but it does give him an opportunity because they really don't have anyone else as of right now who really can be um, that second point guard. So if, as long as Graham's skill set translates, I think he'll get a lot of opportunities to play right away because he can be the guy who comes in to give Kemba Walker a rest. Um, and, you know, if, if they were to ship Kemba Walker off somewhere else, then, you know, he's really been kind of the centerpiece of their team. So that would mean they're really going into a full rebuild mode. And if that's the case, you know, they're not going to ship away any assets to bring in another really good veteran point guard. Chances are it's going to be somebody pretty young that uh, Graham can split minutes with. So, I mean, it, either way it works out well for him because he can either be a backup for one of the better point guards in the league and kind of learn under him while getting an opportunity to play a decent amount of minutes right away, where he might be uh, in line to get even more minutes if they they trade him off, and that's where it's where he has a big advantage. Being you know usually going into a draft if you're already 23 years old, that's the, kind of a drawback. But it might suit him well in this situation just because you know he's he should be able to go right in, and I don't think the stage is going to be too big for him given the role that he's played on uh, the Kansas teams these last couple of years. Um, he's battle tested. He's a leader, um, so I, I think he should be able to step right in. And you know, he, his shot doesn't really need any work. His passing is already uh, at a pretty high level, so I, I think he should be able to just come right in and, and get some minutes right off the bat. And he'll have a chance to really prove that he belongs in the NBA. Not only that, I mean, we saw Frank Mason get drafted actually behind another point guard of the same team last year. Um, you know that wasn't really the best situation for a guy like Frank to 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 really get a decent amount of minutes. He ended up doing it anyway because um, because of injuries. But um, you know I think the one thing that that definitely helps Devonte is the fact that he is such a good passer, but also a you know a, a three point specialist. Frank Mason, a lot of his offense that he generates, what you know comes on drives, comes off off the dribble essentially. Um, whereas Devontae Graham is really good at, at getting the ball to other people, and he's really good at taking his shot off of passes from other people. So he's got kind of the perfect setup, I think, to either be a backup point guard um, or even potentially, you know, to be like that second guy on the floor um, from the from the shooting guard spot that can that can also take over point. You know, if, if you've got a scoring point guard, he can he can help facilitate so that guy can get his shot as well. Um, you know, I think he's in kind of the perfect spot. Obviously, I don't, I don't think Charlotte's going to be really any good next year, but that's even better for him because that gives him time to play. It gives him time to kind of show the value that he has to this team. Um, I know I'm not expecting Yvonne Graham to be a breakout star at any point in his career, but he definitely has the tools to be a very solid, um, you know, a, a solid backup point guard, a decent defender who can shoot the three and, and can really find a spot for himself in the league. So. Charlotte, that definitely seems like a really good spot for him to go ahead and start showcasing what he can do. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point about his versatility. I don't think he'd ever see a lot of time at the two, um, but especially if there's a uh, if there's a shorter two playing on the court for the the uh, the opponent. I mean, he's got a pretty long wingspan, even though he's six only six one six two, um, and he's you know we kind of maybe forgot about this a little last year because of how worn down he got, but he really is a good defender, can generate steals, and does a pretty good job of staying in front of his man. So. Um, yeah, I think in a pinch, especially in a smaller lineup, he might be able to uh, be a little more of a catch and shoot guy at the two. Can also uh, who can pass, but I, I think yeah, that uh, secondary point guard probably for the the second platoon is probably going to be his role for the future. Yeah, probably. The other thing to think about too is that more and more the star point guards aren't aren't really true point guards, and so he can he can still be like the secondary ball handler. Um, and kind of play the point guard position uh, with a more athletic guy that is playing the shooting guard position, but is their primary ball handler. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of a lot of room for him in this type of NBA because he has enough enough good skills where he can find himself a niche. And it's not you know he's not going to be locked into one individual thing. I think I think a guy like Z is going to be you know a little bit harder to to be as versatile because you know he's he's definitely a three guy. He's definitely decent with his defense. Um, but you know, Devonte being able to handle the ball so much better, that kind of gives him that, that third skill to give him an opportunity to kind of find a, just somewhere that he can nestle in there and actually make an impact in the lineup. So speaking of Svee, um, obviously Svee was, was the only other KU Jayhawk that was drafted. He went to the Lakers. Um, I believe he went, was it 47, if I remember correctly? Uh, yeah, 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 I believe so. Yeah. yeah right he was, in the middle he was of third, the second. Yeah, he was thir- 13 spots after Devonte, so so that would put him at 47. Going going to the Lakers, um, you know, any any thoughts about him going to the Lakers specifically, or you know where he went in that in that round? Yeah, I mean it's kind of hard to predict what kind of a fit that's going to be, just because the Lakers probably are going to go through a pretty big transition this offseason. I mean, obviously, they seem to be the favorite landing spot for LeBron James. And so if that happens, you know, the entire complexion of that team is going to change. Um, they're going to need, you know, especially since it sounds like LeBron's wanting to get paired up with uh, Paul George and, and uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, you're, you're going to have to have some cheap contracts around those guys if that's what ends up being the case. Um, yeah, and I know so Fetch as long as yeah. Go yeah. ahead. I was to say I, I know Fetch made that point on Twitter pretty much right after that happened. Um, you know, just the fact that well, if if LeBron is going there, or if they really are going to add two superstars, they're going to need a lot of cheap contracts in order to fill out the rest of that roster. So it, it's a good opportunity for him to stick, whether he gets a lot of playing time or not. He'll at least be able to stick on the roster, I think. Right. Yeah, and I think how much playing time he gets is probably going to come down to how how well he can do the things on the court other than shooting. I, mean, I think we all feel pretty confident that he's a great shooter, probably one of the best outside shooters in the draft. But, you know, Ed Jay Billis, right after he was picked, was even talking about, uh, you know, his negative wingspan. I think he's six uh, six seven six eight, but his wingspan's a few inches shorter than that. And so, you know, there's no way he's going to be versatile enough to, to guard a four. Um, so he's, he's pretty much going to be out on the wing. And so, you know, what what will his handle look like? Um, his passing wasn't, wasn't great, wasn't terrible at KU. Um, and I think defense is going to be a big, big part of it. If he 
his defense can be respectable at the next level, the way at least on ball it was at KU, then I think you know he could have a good career ahead of him, especially with his height and his shooting ability. But um, you know if he just ends up being a pure three-point shooter and he's shaky at everything else, then even if maybe someday he makes it, he may not be in position to get much playing time right away while they kind of gauge where he's at with those other skills. Yeah, I think Svi's going to get a lot of chances because, I mean, he is still only 19. So you know, he's a very, very young guy to be making the NBA, especially right. especially as a senior So uh, from from college. He has a lot of international experience. I mean, he's he's been a professional before. So, um, you know, I mean, it's he's got a lot of pluses to him. He still has a lot of room to develop those types of skills. Um, it, it is kind of funny because if, if you go to type um, Svi's name into Google, like the second – search term that pops up is Sviatoslav Mikhail Luke Wingspan. So that's obviously something that people are, you know, really, really, really talking about. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's, you know, it's, it it is technically a negative on on the wingspan, but it's only by a couple inches. I mean, it's, it's not ideal, but it's definitely not as bad as it could be. Um, So yeah, I mean, he, he definitely is going to, to have some things to overcome, but with how young he is and, and all the tools that he does have and what he's been able to show so far, he's definitely gonna gonna have lots of opportunities. So, um, all right. Any any other final thoughts on Svi? Um, no, I I think just going back to the wingspan for a second. Uh, like you said, it's not it's not like that's gonna make or break his career. I think the main thing is, and not that any, anyone was necessarily looking at him this way anyway, but you know, it really does limit him to playing on the wing and being able to guard wings because with that, you know, being six, seven, six, eight, he's not going to be able to be a stretch four with the, with his arms being a little shorter like that. Cause he's, he's really going to have a hard time against taller players. So it really enforces that he's going to have to develop that wing skill set and prove that he can, he can stay in front of an athletic small forward to be able to stay on the court. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's let's move on. Um, obviously, with with Newman and Preston not drafted, they ended up being free to sign with any team uh, to try to make a, a a roster. Newman actually went ahead and also signed a contract with the Lakers. So it was, it was a little interesting to see two KU guys both going to the Lakers, um, but for the same reasons that I think Svi has a really good shot at making a roster and is probably going to stick around for a while. Um, talking about the contract situation, trying to bring in two stars. I think Newman has a really good shot if he can keep some of that versatility or that explosiveness that he had in the, in the NCAA tournament, a good shot to also make a roster as, as kind of an end of the bench guy that can come in occasionally. Um, do you agree with that assessment? Do you think Newman has a better shot than Svee at sticking on the roster? Or do you think it's possible he just comes into camp and then ends up trying to find somewhere in the G league or something? And I, I think if Newman were a few inches taller, then I'm, I might agree. But at six foot three, it's hard to find a spot for yourself in the NBA if you don't really have a point guard skill set. And I think that might be something that holds him back. Um, I, he played some point at Mississippi State in his freshman year, but I mean, you know, we saw self was self would rather play Devonte Graham forty minutes night in and night out than really even try shifting Newman over to the one. So uh, that's not a real big endorsement of his skills. And I think his assist rate was around 11% last year, which isn't terrible, but it's not great either. It doesn't, you know, you wouldn't really label him a playmaker. So I think 
if at his size, you know, he's really going to have to prove that he's got, if not an elite skill, that he's really above average at, at something. And that's got to be scoring. Um, so it kind of begs the question, you know, is he, is he who we saw in March when he was just lighting it up and, and really carrying the team at times through some of those games in both the big 12 and the NCAA tournament, or is he more the guy who's kind of up and down through the year, had some big games, but sort of disappeared, lost his starting job for a little while. Um, you know, he's going to have to kind of answer that question through his play and really try and make uh, an impact, I think, for the, uh, to the Lakers coaches in the front office. Cause, um, I, I think I'll, you know, I, I really like Malik Newman. I, I like his game, but if you look at his numbers in that tournament run, you know, he was hitting threes at just a ridiculous rate, you know, over 50%, I think, when you uh, combine the two tournaments. And that kind of makes you wonder if it's there's not some streakiness in there and that, you know, maybe that's not entirely indicative of where he is just as a pure scorer. So I think he's going to have to, show how well he can score against NBA players before we really know how good of a shot he has. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is just going to depend also on what kind of role they need him to fill. Um, you know, being an end-of-the-bench kind of guy, you know, if, if he does stick on the roster, he'll have a chance to kind of really develop somewhat. Um, but, you know, if, if they need a guy that can be an offensive spark plug, then he has an opportunity to do that, like, in a, you know, in a few mop-up minutes or – you know, kind of like a change of pace guy um, when everybody else needs a rest or something like that. I mean, like he has an opportunity to kind of fill that role at this point. But, right, if they're trying to rely on him to be, you know, like a, an end of the rotation, um, backup, you know, backup guard that can can make plays or anything like that, I mean, I don't think he's well equipped for that yet. I'm not saying he can't develop that, those those kind of skills, but it's definitely not polished enough for him to make a roster based off of those skills. Um I think Newman sticking onto a roster is more of a potential pick. Um, you know, they, they think that they can help him develop the skills that they need. Um, you know, he's definitely not going to make a roster based off of what he can do. Um, despite how just electric he was in the big 12 tournament and then the NCAA tournament, you know, NBA scouts are not going to be fooled by just such a small window of really good results. So, um, he's definitely going to have to prove it. He's going to have plenty of time, though, in, in the summer league and, and everything to really show what he can do and, and see if he can stick into a roster. Yeah, and I think, like like you said, that uh, spark plug off the bench is probably kind of what what he should be eyeing as his potential role in the NBA. I know in the uh, preview I, I wrote on him, I brought up Lou Williams. I think he, you know, his ceiling is probably that type of player. Or, uh, you know, Jamal Crawford, even though he's a couple inches taller. Just a, a guard who can come in, score in a couple different ways, and, and score in bunches, at least on the right night. Um, you know, they, those guys like that have shown that there is a spot like that in the NBA if you can do it. So I think consistency is going to be the key. If he can develop into a guy who can regularly come in and put points on the board, make shots, then I think that is probably his ideal role at the next level. Yeah, the other thing too to to keep in mind is, you know, it's a lot of this is going to depend on who the stars are that that the Lakers end up bringing in. They're definitely going to bring right. in some sort of stars, but you know, if they bring in a star that essentially is is really good at what Newman tries to do, um, I don't think there's nearly as much room for him because when your stars have to sit on the bench for any length of time, like the the entire point of having a guy down on the bench is to bring in a new look. 
you don't want to try to bring in a guy who's supposed to have the same skills, just not at a high, as, as high of a level, um, because there's no way that he's going to be able to perform the way you need him to. Generally, when you're bringing in a guy off the bench and giving, giving one of your stars a breather, you want someone who does something a little different to catch them off guard, um, you know, to to make it so that they're not getting the same looks that they're going to get with that superstar when he comes back on. And so it's, it's basically they need a guy that that's a change of pace. So if they bring in a bunch of guys that are similar to Newman, but obviously a whole lot better then I don't anticipate him sticking. But if, you know, if they bring in a bunch of solid, um, solid guys that can, that can shoot really well or, or are driving a lot, you know, I don't, I don't think Newman's going to be a slash and score kind of guy. Um, at least not at first. And so I think that's that's kind of his best bet is to hope that who they bring in and how they want to run their offense um, is going to be enough that he can find a little a little niche in there, but not close enough to what he already does that he's just basically going to be a watered-down version of whoever is playing most of the time. So, uh, But I wouldn't be surprised if he stays at the Lakers for the summer league, ends up getting cut, goes down to the G League, or, or you know signs on with another team um, that just needs to develop guys. Um, he's, he's talented enough, just raw af- athleticism to, to make it onto a roster, but I don't know how well he's going to stick onto a roster. Um, I, like I said, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see him play a year in the G League and then try to make another run at it next year to, to get signed to a roster. Um, if he's not you know, reliably on a roster, though, in the next couple of years, he, he pro- he's one of those guys that probably ends up going over to Europe and, and having a pretty good career over there, so. All right, so yeah, I think he could he could definitely make some money in Europe, even if you oh, know, yeah. maybe athletically he can't hang in the NBA. I mean, there's there's definitely a, a professional career for the guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of like what we were talking about with with Fee, and we were talking about it on the site quite a bit. Um, you know, he's he's going to make money somewhere, whether he can hang on to an NBA roster and kind of be that that three and D type guy. Um, you know, solid sharpshooting three pointer. Um, or if he ends up going over to Europe, I, I honestly, I think unless he just, you know, lights it up and, and catches on with the right star over here in the NBA, I think he probably could make more money over in Europe. Um, teams would want him because he's a European. He wouldn't, you know, run into any of the limits on Americans that they have on their rosters. Um, and, you know, he he already knows or he, he's already shown he can play the European game really, really well. So, um, but I definitely think he's got a, a legitimate shot here at the NBA. So we'll we'll you know, see how that goes for him before really diving into his, his possibilities over there in Europe. So, all right. So the only guy we haven't talked about yet that was eligible in the draft is Billy Preston. I have yet to find any kind of information about him signing a contract after the draft with any of the NBA teams. Um, that doesn't mean he won't sign one, but do you, I mean, do you think it's likely that he finds a roster that, that he can at least get on the summer roster for, or is he looking good as, as a good candidate to go play overseas again for another year? Yeah, I mean, it kind of depending on what he wants to do, that might be his best bet. I I would think just with his, you know, even though maybe we haven't seen his basketball skills tested, just because of his combination of size and athleticism, that ought to be enough to get him some kind of training camp invite somewhere if that's the route he wants to go. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think it does hurt him just the fact that he's been completely out of sight, out of mind. You know, I don't know how much – how much competition there is in Bosnia with, with if you can really, if even scouts can look at what he did over there and really try and get a good feel for how well that's going to translate to the NBA game. And, um, you know, other than that, it's really only high school footage. So 
Um, he's he's going to have to find a way to get in front of people and and show what he's capable of because he just hasn't been able to do it against reasonable competition yet. And I think that's that's going to be his biggest uh, probably stumbling block is just getting getting in front of people and and really showcasing some uh, really good not not just athletic ability but basketball skills just to pique some GM's interest into giving him a chance. Yeah, the other issue he ran into as well was just, um, you know, he, he went over to play in Bosnia, only played in three games, suffered a, a shoulder injury, and decided to shut it down to get ready for the draft. So, I mean, even when he played over there, he didn't have a lot of footage for anyone to really look at. So, um, right. yeah, I mean, he's essentially, other than those three games, he has essentially has not played competitive basketball in almost a year and a half. So it's going to be, I think it would have been really hard for him for, for any team to really take a flyer on him, not knowing how well he's been able to, to keep it going. I mean, he didn't get invited to the combine, so he didn't really get to work out for anyone. Um, you know, he didn't have any kind of pro day or anything like that. So it was just him trying to go to workouts on his own. I think I saw a mention of him going to like one or two teams maybe, but not much. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised for someone to give him an invite just because they want to see what he can do. Um, you know, he may be able to, to latch on long enough to stay on a summer league roster um, but he's definitely going to have an uphill battle to, to get there. He, you know, he doesn't, he has the athleticism, um, but I don't know that he necessarily has the size for the kind of position that he wants to play. So um, not saying that he can't, you know, bulk up and actually get there, but it's going to take some time. I wouldn't be, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the G league for this year um, or maybe going and playing overseas. Um, you know, he's, he's going to have plenty of options, uh, but unfortunately, you know, not getting the opportunity to play at Kansas and really get himself exposed to all these NBA teams um, definitely ended up hurting him a lot and may just delay his career a little bit longer than he really wants it to. So, all right. Any, any other final thoughts about any of these guys? I think that's all I got. All right. Sounds good. So we'll go ahead and leave it there. We can uh, talk more about other NBA NBA guys later. Um, you know, how some of these guys might might fit in with teams that have current Jayhawks on the roster, uh, but that's for another podcast. We, we just wanted to give you guys a quick hit on, on our thoughts about the NBA draft, how, how it went for those guys and everything. So um, we will have another episode, like I said, coming for you on July 1st. Um, that is the next scheduled episode in our, in our um, you know, 100, count, the countdown of 100 days to football. So, so we will... We will go ahead and get that to you. We actually have already recorded that, but uh, just a preview: we, Mike and I, had a, had a couple guests from a from from outside the site, but guys who are are pretty new to the uh, commenting scene here about Kansas football. Um, really, really good conversation with them. So I think you guys will really enjoy it. So make make sure you guys catch us next time. David, thanks again for joining me for this. Um, thank you guys for listening. And as always, you, you can contact us on Twitter at Rock Chalk Talk. You can email us, rctsbn at gmail.com. You can obviously talk to us on the site, www.rockchalktalk.com. Uh, you can you know contact me or David in, individually up on Twitter, um, on the site, all that fun stuff. So we really do want to hear from you guys. If you have any suggestions, any topics you want to talk about, we're always taking those, those suggestions. We're answering any questions you guys have for us. So uh, just... Stay involved, stay engaged. You know, I think we're the only KU podcast that is still actually recording. Uh, that that's not attached to a, a newspaper or anything like that. That's still recording over the summer. So we are here to give you guys all the all the Jayhawk news that we can. So, uh, but 
Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Talk Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.